You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. I'll give you a quick rundown of today's game. We'll look at Lake County and the prospects therein. And then we'll do a little bit of draft talk at the end. Speaking of the draft, I should have a full count trends up tomorrow, and I will finish off the top 52 players for the draft. Um, I'll go into that in a little more detail at the end of the podcast. Uh, Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. If you are out there looking for a place to stay, I have used Hotels.com. It's uh, just a great way to get a whole list of prices and ranges and things you can get. You're just opening yourself up to more opportunities. So remember to use Hotels.com. Today's game was a 6-4 loss to the currently last place Oakland Athletics. Uh, The Indians had this nice situation where you got back-to-back games against teams that are last in their division. Now, Oakland is certainly much better than the Baltimore Orioles, but it was a game that was very winnable that unfortunately got away from them today. Carlos Carrasco, after uh, some really strong outings, had kind of a so-so game. Two home runs, three earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts over five innings. You'd like to see him go a little longer. Uh, Dan Otero came in and gave up a run. Tyler Clippard gave up two runs, or this was a game that was headed to extras. Clippard and Otero have been solid this year. I can't really fault them for uh, their whole year performance. This was not their best uh best they've shown. Oliver Perez n- didn't record an out, hit the one battery faced. AJ Cole was quite effective in his short time. Uh, the Indians were able to get to both the setup man and the closer in this one, but it just wasn't enough as they fall 6-4. Lindor and Perez both go deep. They each have six home runs. That puts them one behind Carlos Santana for the team lead. Kipnis had a double and has continued to play better as much as I've kind of rallied against him this year just because of performances the last few years. Maybe he'll get that uh, contract year bounce that some players seem to have. That is certainly the hope. Jose Ramirez going two for four is another positive sign. Hopefully he'll can use that to get out of his horrific slump this year. Um, I'm not going to necessarily bet on it, but what's going on with him has been at this point when we are this close to June, a massive concern. Rest of the lineup, uh, Carlos Gonzalez keeps moving down the lineup. As soon as Naquin's ready to go, uh, it seems that Gonzalez is going to be gone. He has moved from 5th all the way down to 7th. Mercado and Martin were at the end there. Luplo got the start against the Athletics because Brett Anderson is a lefty. Again, it's a 6-4 loss. It's one of those games where the pen gives up three runs or you're you know, conceivably ahead or at least going to extras. Clipper giving up those runs, though, in the, in the ninth really sealed it after the Indians you know, were got some back in the eighth. And then in the ninth, they would have had the equivalent of a uh, tying it up. So uh, the A's hit three homers. The Indians lose this one. It's an unfortunate loss, but as always, onward, upward, and we'll be looking to take 
still win the series over the next few days. Tomorrow's game features a local product, Chris Bassett, possibly the greatest player in the University of Akron history, against Trevor Bauer. We'll see if Bauer can break out of his struggles uh, and ugly performances of late. After that, it's Jeffrey Rodriguez against Frankie Montes. And then the Indians have a rough stretch where they're going to go. They have Tampa at home, and then they visit Boston. Boston and Tampa are both playoff contenders. They they then go to Chicago. Chicago's been a pesky team this year that they have had their ups and downs with. Then it's at at home for Minnesota, home for the Yankees. You're really looking at about June 11th where this evens up, equals out a bit. As you have Cincinnati at home, three against Detroit, four against Texas, three against Detroit, three against Kansas City, three against Baltimore, three against Kansas City, two against Cincinnati, all-star break. Now, if you're keeping track at home, basically after that New York series on June 9th, the rest of the way to the all-star break, the next month, are all teams that are projecting to be in the lower half of uh, teams when the season ends. These are all teams that uh, currently have top 10 picks in the draft and all project as likely teams to have top 10 picks in next year's draft. They're really set up for that run. So right now the Indians' biggest concern is just staying you know, within six games. Try to stay close and then take advantage of what is going to be a very easy stretch for almost a month to kind of jump up, grab that position, and run with it. So from here on out, we just want to see them hold steady through this Tampa, Boston, Chicago, Minnesota, New York run. And after you're through there, it just, like I said, it opens up. That is going to be their opportunity to take it, run with it, and see just if they can uh, get this division back from the Twins, um, see if the Twins are capable of holding on to it. Now it's going to be time for that message break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Lake County Captains, and we will do a little bit of draft talk as well. Hiring can be hard. Multiple jobs, stacks of resume, confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matchmaking technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. This isn't just um, something where people can apply for. They have to be invited. And as we all know, an invite is better than just a cattle call. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great candidate. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now that we're back, I know we had the ad break there, but I also want to remind everyone again, Hotels.com is another great sponsor. They are a site I have used before. I will vouch for them. Uh, it just lets you see a lot of places where you can get a uh, best deal. It's uh, it's a just a nice, easy tool for you to use to help save some money. So Lake County Captains had a game as well today, one that they ended up uh, winning 3-2. to two. 
the big performances uh, in the game offensively, you're looking at uh, Tyler Freeman, who continues just to hit down there. He has been... Uh, he's probably the third best prospect in the Indian system at this point, just in terms of performance. And then Ruben Cartagenius, who the Indians drafted last year in the 16th round, gave a, uh, I believe, I don't think they went over slot, but he definitely got the full amount of money. He was a guy they liked out of Cal State Fullerton, and his sixth home run, uh, that doesn't give him the lead. That still uh, belongs to Will Benson at this point, but it puts him in second on the team in home runs. Now, if you remember, at about this time last week when we talked about Lake County, Will Benson had been stuck on six home runs for a while, basically since his big four-home run game. Well, since then, he's had three more, and he's up to nine, and that's just what you're going to get with Benson. It's that streakiness. He, he, the, I mean, the plus power is legitimately there. It's just, can he hit enough to fall into it? He's still striking out at almost 35% of the time, walking at 12%. Uh, the home runs are high, but it's uh, it's a profile that screams career minor leaguer um, for a player that was a first-round pick, a high first-round pick. And yes, he was under slot, and they did use some of that money on Nolan Jones in round two. But Benson is still someone who went 14th overall, got a seven-figure bonus. You look at the players taken around him, uh, one pick later, Alex Kirilov is all the way up in double-A and one of the top outfield prospects in the all of baseball. The next pick after that, Matt Theis. I mean, he's at least he's in triple-A. He's performing. He's up there. Forrest Whitley is arguably the top pitching prospect in all of baseball, and he was taken with the next pick. After that, Blake Rutherford, who has bounced around. At, well, he went from New York to Chicago. He's struggling a bit this year in double-A. We'll see how it turns out for Rutherford, but at least he's up to double-A. Justin Dunn, who went from the Mets to Seattle. Gavin Lux, who's a top shortstop prospect. And you keep going down. Eric Lauer and Carter Kaboom are both in the majors already. Both of them I I personally had rated higher than Will Benson. Uh, Dakota Hudson with the Cardinals also has made it to the majors. Other famous names, uh, John Duplantier, who I was extremely high on, uh, Brian Reynolds with the Giants, Pete Alonzo with the Mets, Austin Hayes, Joey Lucchese to the Padres, Corbin Burns to the Brewers, Shane Bieber to the Cleveland Indians, Richard Lovelady and Nicky Lopez to the uh, Kansas City Royals. This ended up being a pretty strong draft. Um, What's interesting is kind of the in-between. You kind of go from the 15th pick on. It's a really nice run. There are some noticeable guys like Delvin Perez has just not got it together. But really, outside of Delvin Perez, you're looking at Riley Pint, the pitcher who went, uh, went high in this draft. And then Benson, along with Jay Groom, are the only ones who've not at least hit double A. Along with Braxton Garrett, too. But uh, there's some misses in those top 10 picks. But even, you know, the the Tigers settled on Matt Manning, and that's turned into an inspired pick. Uh, Nick Sensel at the second pick. It's, I mean, Mickey Moniak didn't make my Phillies top 10, but. you know, he's progressing some through the minors for them. I'm still not the... Uh, I liked him in that draft. I did not... I didn't hate him at first overall. 
but I definitely did not have him rated as the top player in that class. And offensively, when you're not hitting in Reading, that is not a good sign for your future, as um, anyone can hit in Reading. That's maybe the most hitter-friendly park in the minors. It's definitely in the top five. But as a whole, you know, just going through some names we mentioned, it's a good draft. Uh, Will Benson with the 14th pick between Josh Lowe and Alex Kirlev uh, just looks like a real bust. I mean, he is, he'll be 21 in June. He's young for the class. He got a $2.5 million signing bonus. It's a lot of money. Yes, it is under slot, but uh, Nolan Jones, who I ranked higher than Benson, who was the second round pick and who they saved some of that money to spend on, he only got uh, he got 2.25, so he got less than Benson. There were other players they still could have taken and saved that much money. It was the the high ceiling risk. You go through that uh, that uh, Lake County team, you can see a lot of those swings and misses so far for them. Uh, Bo Naylor is improving slightly, but he has still struggled. Quentin Holmes has been a train wreck. Uh, 34% of the time he's striking out. He's almost striking out a Will Benson clip with none of the power. Uh, hitting 169, I I understand that, uh, you know, they drafted him two years ago. You got to start pushing him out of rookie ball after two years in rookie ball. The problem is he was awful in rookie ball. Um, Quentin Holmes looks like a wasted second round pick i mean there's really no nice way to put it when you've got 298 at bats through a career and in rookie ball and low a you have a career batting average of 174 career ops of 238 career slugging a 268 um he was always a toolsy kid who had more tools than performance and you're hoping that cold weather and things will unlock and he's got some of the best speed in the system but uh, the performance has been atrocious. Um, if anyone lists him as a top 30 prospect anywhere, they're just not paying attention. He is only 19, but uh, it's hard to find a worse debut. And he's just struggling beyond struggling. Um you go through the rest of that team offensively. I think Jose Fermin is an interesting prospect. I had him in my top 30. You could kind of go down to some guys who had some short appearances like Henry Pujols and Marco Gonzalez who were some bigger uh, Latin American signings. But it's it basically comes down to if you think Benson is a legitimate prospect, which I, I don't know if I can really classify him as that anymore. Quentin Holmes is not a legitimate prospect. So offensively, it's Ty Freeman and... Like I said, Jose Fermin would be next up. Uh, Shane McCarthy had been really doing well, but he's also kind of run into it for them. He's uh, he's starting to get hit a bit. He's starting to not miss as many bats. Raymond Burgos is still being extremely effective for you know this 20-year-old kid who just does not have a lot of innings. Uh, Zach Draper is continually unhittable and really needs promotion down there. So those are kind of the pitching arms that stand out. It's... Uh, it's an interesting team because from a almost to me more from the coaching aspect, just because Jordan Smith's your bench coach. He was playing in the Indians minors a year ago. Pitching coach is Owen Dew. I remember when they drafted him in 2010. 
That's when I started writing capsules. Luke Carlin uh, made it to the majors with the Indians as a backup catcher. It's all these guys who bounced around and are now trying to coach these young kids up. We'll see how things progress this year. But honestly, right now, if I'm going to make my top five prospects currently in uh, Lake County, it goes... It starts off easy. Ty Freeman's one, as I've stated, he's a top three prospect right now in the organization. He's a top 100 prospect in baseball. Boom. Number two, Bo Naylor's probably an easy default there. Catcher, he's playing at a level that he's young for. He's playing against the top competition. He's also a cold weather, um, non-traditional baseball area, so you can forgive some of his struggles this year. Third up, Luis Oviedo. He was absolutely dominant a year ago. He had some struggles to start, but he is pitching better of late. Uh, The walk rate is a concern after it was so good a year ago, but I'll still give him benefit of the doubt with longer track record. Four, I would put Ramon Burgos. Big, skinny lefty. Not a lot of pitching in his uh, history. A lot of potential there. And at fifth, I think I might lead towards the reliever, Zach Draper. Uh, Yes, he is an older lefty, but he has been so good in high A that uh, you can always use more left-handed pitching. And I'm not sure what that states about someone like Will Benson um, or Holmes or even maybe a Shane McCarthy who was uh, really pitching better at the start of the year. But... uh, at some point, you just look at the fact that a lefty reliever who's that dominant uh, at least deserves to catch your eye. So that's kind of like county rundown for the day. Now to, to quickly hit some draft talk here as we move into the uh, just shy of the 18-minute mark. So as I mentioned, I finished up my top 52. The college baseball season, regular season is done. Um, conference tournaments will be this weekend. Starting on Wednesday, uh, the championships will be on Saturday. And really, by Saturday night, we'll know most of the teams that are going to be in the College World Series. Um, There's always a few bubble teams, things to watch out for, but it's basically going to be pretty defined at that point. Uh, So there will be a lot of prospects who are done after this weekend. I mean, uh, there'll be players, and there are players who are done right now, whose teams do not qualify for their conferences tournaments. But uh, for a lot of players, they're nearing the end of their opportunities to show teams what they have. And you want to leave them with that good memory at the end. Uh, as I was working on the my top 52, what I've come away with on this draft is I was really sitting down and digging. The depth of this draft early on is college bats. And after that, it's high school middle infielders. Uh, a lot of shortstops who are unlikely to stick a short, might move to second, might move to third. It's kind of an eye of the beholder class. I am much lower, for instance, on Anthony Volpe than uh, from Del Barton than a lot of places. I just don't think there's enough bat there. I am much higher on Matthew Lugo and uh, Creon Paris than most places because I think there's a little more ceiling with those players. But that's what it's going to be. you know, and I will admit, as I was writing up on Volpe, all I could think about was Ty Freeman. There's some similarities there, where intangibles in baseball can show up in the stats. But when you're scouting high school players, I'm typically looking for loud tools, and I sometimes can miss when it's more the intangibles, the fact that they're just a solid, steady player 
maybe they don't jump out the page at you, but they don't do anything wrong either. And that is often the type of players I miss on. So it'll be something interesting to watch for me down the road. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, rating, reviewing. That all helps us. And as always, go Tribe.